will be in Philippians chapter 4. got into Philippians, this was the passage originally that I was going to preach before deciding to go ahead and start at the beginning of Philippians and work our way to this passage. So I'm very excited to finally get to it, Philippians chapter 4. It's always amazing to me, we're not going to talk a lot about uh, thankfulness today, but it's always amazing to me how God works in the timing of different things. I'm not a great planner uh, I'm, not, I'm not a great strategist when it comes to making things fall into perfect timing, but uh, today we cover some verses that talk about Thanksgiving, and uh, it's interesting to me that that's the way that it works out, but uh, I'm excited to, to preach this passage to you today. Let's start in verse number 1, Philippians 4, verse number 1, the Bible says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Yodius and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. You ever been in a situation where someone calls you out by name, um, school, or uh, even as a kid, I remember my pastor calling out his son sitting in the front row, and uh, if you've ever been called out by name in front of other people, you're kind of like, hey, wait a second, I'm not the only one doing bad, but nonetheless, Yodius and Syntyche get called out here. Verse number three. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me and all uh, me in the gospel, with Clement also and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. This morning we have a number of thoughts to look at, but we're going to basically center it around one word, the word stand. The word stand. We're in a society, we're in a culture, we're in a world that is desperately in need of Christians to stand. And today I'd like to look at five things, uh, five ways to stand uh, in the present day that we live in, thankfully through God's word was inspired and given us to by, uh, by God himself for the time that we live in right now. Lord, I pray that you'd help us. God, I pray that as we look at this passage, it's one that is, uh, ranks so true to me. It's one that has um, um, challenged me. It's one that's grown me. And God, I pray today that as I present these verses, Lord, that you would use me to present your message and to each person listening, both here now and those that listen later on the recording. God, I pray that you would use these verses to uh, delve into our hearts, Lord, to convict us of things that need to change, Lord, to encourage us in things that uh, we're doing well in, and God, to help us to move forward in living for you and standing for you. And God, I pray that I present these verses clearly 
and correctly, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a lot of things in this passage, um, I think at least, that are incredibly, incredibly important for the day that we live in. Uh, we've talked about this before, but the fact that we live in a, uh, a sinful society, that's not new. Um, we preachers sometimes like to talk about the, uh, um, how bad it is today and, uh, to help try to motivate Christians to, to do right and those sorts of things. But the, re- the reality is, is all of time has been <laughs> sinful since Adam's sin in the, the garden. Not much has changed when it comes to society being a wicked society. There was a brief time after a massive flood that society was pretty good for a little bit. But even that fell apart pretty quick, too. So we are living in a sinful society, and to me it's encouraging to realize this is not new. Christians all throughout history have had to stand in a wicked society. They've had to live for God in a society that doesn't encourage them to do so. They've had to do things for God in a, in a way that sometimes is very hard and very difficult. So we as Christians, we still need to stand. Number one today, I want us to see we need to stand fast or stand firm, stand fast. Verse one in this closing chapter of the the letter here, Paul writes and he says to his brethren, his dearly beloved, those that he longed for, his joy and his crown, he says, so stand fast in the Lord. Stand fast. I'm going to ask you to turn to a couple passages today, not a lot, but a couple, because I want you to see some things with me. Would you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6? It's back, uh, back in your Bible, just a few pages, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, and look in verse number 13. It says, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Here in Ephesians chapter 6, he is, he is uh, here talking and speaking on the same subject of standing fast. And he says, take on the armor of God so that you can withstand, so that you can do all to stand. And then he says in verse 14, stand having all this armor on. Standing fast. If you look a few verses earlier in verse number 10, the Bible says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You see, standing fast has very little to do with you and has a whole lot to do with God. To be able to uh, um, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might, taking the armor that He gives that he's provided, that he's told you, hey, put this on so that you can withstand and so that you can stand. So that you can stand firm on what is right. Being in Christ, standing through his strength. Stand fast. Keep on. Don't retreat. Stay. Stand firm. 
That's what we're talking about here. There's uh, society and the world is saying, you need to back off of these things. I know the Bible says that you supposedly believe, says to do this, but, but that's not very nice. You need to back off of that. God says, stand fast. There are many things that we can take as Christians, things that go on in society that we can, there may be room for, so I'm going to use the dirty word of compromise. Compromise is not bad. It doesn't have to be. It can be, obviously. It doesn't have to be. There are times with our spouse that we must compromise. There are times with uh, at work that we must compromise. Compromise doesn't have to be bad. And there are issues that I think that some Christians in the past maybe stood firm on that they didn't really need to. Made a big deal out of something that wasn't that big of a deal. And there is some, some, if I can use the term, wiggle room. Maybe there is on some things. But there are other things in the Bible that God put in, that God inspired, that God breathed, that God put down for all of eternity for us to see. And in his Bible he says, this is wrong and this is right. You stand fast. You don't move. You stick with it. You stay firm. And here, in writing to the church of Philippi, he says, stand fast in the Lord. Don't be moved. No matter what anyone else tells you, if God says to do it, then you do it. If God says to stay, then you stay. Stand fast in the Lord. Number two, we need to stand together. Number one, we need to stand fast. Number two, we need to stand together. That's what we talked about in verse number two where he calls out uh, uh, Euodius and Syntyche. And he says, I beseech you two that they be of the same mind in the Lord. The Bible doesn't tell us where they were different. The Bible doesn't tell us what they were squabbling over. Um, and honestly, the Bible doesn't even tell us that they are squabbling. It's just we assume that way. But he says to these two people, I beseech these two that they be of the same mind in the Lord. That they're united. And we talked about a united cause already in Philippians and the importance of having a mind of Christ and, and being with that. In verse 3 he says, I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow. We don't know who this is. Um, there's, there's a lot of opinions on who it might be that he's talking to, who this yoke fellow is. But a yoke fellow is a close companion. It's someone uh, close with you. Someone that you trust. Someone that you work with. Someone that, you're, uh, that you love. It's, it's, it's someone there that is close. And he says to this person, whoever it is, he says, Help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose name are in the book of life. He calls on someone and I think it's good for all of us to follow this advice, to help the others who are laboring. Together. Stand together. He specifically mentions there were ladies here in this church that were faithful, that were active. They may have been visiting people, helping people. They may have been training the younger. They may have been uh, helping in other areas. And he, and he calls specifically for this close companion of his to help those people, with Clement also, with other fellow laborers. Stand united, stand together. It is easier to stand in a group than it is to stand alone. 
It is easier when we together are standing firm on God's word, standing firm on God's principles, standing firm in God's will than it is when we're standing alone. That doesn't mean that if everybody else goes away that you run too. But the Bible tells us stand together. The army of God is made up of a lot of different, if I can use the word people. You have God and his hosts, the angels. We are a part of the army of God. Does God need massive, a massive army to win? No. But he invites us to be part of it. We ought to stand together. We ought to stand fast, and we ought to do it together. Help those that are doing the work. Find a way to jump in. Find a way to encourage. Find a way to edify. Find a way to help stand together. I'm thankful for friends in ministry, for fellow pastors, for evangelists, for missionaries, that when I go through different things, whether it just be uh, uh, having a hard time studying on something and need some advice on that, whether it be talking with fellow pastors about pastoral things, whether it be just fellow Christians having a conversation, I'm telling you, it changes the way you look. There are days, and I don't like to talk about this very often, there are really hard days as a pastor. And there are days where you get a phone call and it's just not the news that you wanted to hear. Uh, most of the time it happens when things are going really well. Uh, then you get a phone call and all of a sudden it's, it's just something you're just like, man, why? Why? <laughs> And it can be discouraging, but you know what? You're not the only one. I'm not the only one going through it. And I talk with other pastors, and they've gone through it before. They're going through it at the same time. These, these kinds of times, when you go through different things where there's, um, uh, there's controversy, maybe is the wrong word, I don't know. But when you're dealing with people, people have different opinions and so different things. And, and at the end of the day, you can't win with people. There's, there's never going to be a time, I say that, there's very rarely going to be a time when the pastor does something where everybody in the church agrees with it. And that, that's, that can be hard. But you know what? Every pastor goes through it. And I'm thankful we have a church that stands together. We have different opinions and we have different thoughts, yet we still stand together. And that's important. Because the outside world looks in at the church and what they often see is a bunch of hypocrites. What they often see is a bunch of infighting. Um, you know, you wonder, why is there a church on every corner in a lot of places? It's because the one church split three or four or five different times, and then a group of people just went and started another church right around the corner. That's not always the case, but, but it's all that fighting, and that fighting just moves down the road. God says, stand fast. Well, how can you stand fast if you don't stand together? Number one, stand fast. Number two, stand together. Number three, stand moderately. Well, what in the world does that mean? Stand moderately. Look in verse uh, 5. We're going to skip over verse 4 today, but I think it's self-explanatory. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. All right, that's, a, that's pretty self-explanatory. It's important, don't get me wrong, but it's self-explanatory. Verse number 5 says, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Stand moderately. Stand with restraint. Stand with mildness, stand with gentleness, avoid animosity. We Christians, if you grew up in church, you've heard a lot about the fight. The fight. 
Get your sword out, right? Get your, so the sword of the Spirit, God's Word out, and you go out there and you fight. You conquer. You triumph. And listen, there's a time for that. God actually says there's a time for war and there's a time for peace. Here in Philippians, we're reminded to let your moderation, your gentleness, your restraint be known unto all men. A good disposition towards others. The Bible tells us the fruit of the Spirit, now listen carefully, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Tell me, where in the fruit of the Spirit do you find anger? You don't. And that doesn't mean that there isn't a time to be angry. Christ himself is an example of that. There's a righteous anger. There's a pure anger. That's a whole other sermon for a whole other day. But he says here to the church of Philippi, let your moderation, good disposition, your restraint be made known unto all men. Sometimes we as preachers get so caught up in the fight we forget about the rest of the Bible that says, hey, there needs to be restraint. There is the turn the other cheek. There is that quietness. We need to stand moderately. We're in a time today where everybody wants to fight. Everybody wants to fight. Let your moderation be known unto all men. Have some restraint. Stand peaceably. Stand gently. Stand meekly. Show those fruits of the Spirit. You can't have joy and be angry at the same time. You can't have peace and be trying to war. Now, I say that sometimes the only way you get peace is through war, but... Uh, there's a time and a place, a time to fight and a time to not fight, a time to be loud and a time to be quiet. I wonder if we Christians are losing the battle today because we're spending too much time fighting. We have to... We have to stand moderately. We have to show some restraint. I don't blame people who believe that they need to stand up and speak out as long as they're doing it the right way, as long as they've prayed about it and God's desired them to do it. I have chosen personally, especially when it comes to our church, to not be that stand out, speak out, uh, put notice. <laughs> On our church, I think there's some wisdom in um, letting some of the other pastors get talked to in person by, by some in authority and just going about our business and doing what God wants us to do. May I encourage you, may I challenge you, just stand moderately for Christ. The world is all about loving, right? So they say, 
There's yard signs all over the place. And what I've found in my own personal life is that most of the people who scream you need to love people aren't very lovely. And what they're looking for is for you to scream back at them. But let your moderation be known unto all men. Remember Jesus Christ, when he was about to be crucified, he stood in front of a group of people. He was spat on, he was hit, his beard plucked out, pulled out, literally pulled out of his face. A crown of thorns stuck on his head. A robe put on his already severely beaten body. He said nothing. We're going through small persecution right now. Small, small, small persecution right now. Christianity as a whole is. Paul says, I count that for joy. Well, what we do instead is we argue and we fight and we scream. Let your moderation be known unto all men. Show some restraint. Show some meekness. You know what meekness is? Power under control. Have you ever seen a massive animal being led around by a tiny person? An elephant, maybe? You know, horses, in most of my life, horses are a lot bigger than me. And if they just sat on me, um, there wouldn't be anything I could do about it. Yet, they still allowed me to lead them around. It was power under control. We have the power of God. Show a little control. Be meek. There is a time, listen, I... I have a lot I want to say, but most of it's more opinion, so I'm going to hold it to myself. But there, we have to make a decision. No, we don't. We need to go to God, and we need to say, God, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to speak out, or do you want me to turn the other cheek? Do you want me to be quiet? God, what do you want for me to do? I would say in most cases, not all, in most cases, God will say, stand moderately. Stand fast, stand together, stand moderately. Number four, stand confidently. Verse number six, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. Stand confidently. What are you confident in? <laughs> I hate to do this, but I'm going to. Um, on my timeline on social media, there are people who are confident that President Trump won the election. And there are other people who are confident that uh, Mr. Biden won the election. There are people who are confident that Mr. Biden will fix everything. There are other people who are confident Mr. Biden is going to ruin everything. There are people in this world who are confident they could fix everything. They can handle everything. There are other people who are confident that they can't handle anything. <laughs> Where are you confident today? Your confidence ought to be in Christ. 
He says here in verse 6, be careful for nothing, meaning worry about nothing. Don't have that, um, that constant thinking over. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. He says the things that you're thinking about, take those to God. Those things that are on your mind, take them to God. Why? Verse 7, the peace of God which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Peace beyond comprehension is available if you'll stand confidently in God. God has helped me, and I don't, I don't say this to, to sound super spiritual. God has helped me throughout my life to really not worry about very much of anything. It bugs the tar out of my wife. You should think about this some more. It'll be fine. No, I really think we should talk about it. No, it's going to be fine. <laughs> That's not saying that she's worrying about it. But I worry so little that I just, no, it's all good. With that comes peace. And I can tell you there is a vast difference between that mentality, what God has helped me with, and the times that I still struggle with worry. Because every now and then there is something that all of a sudden my heart, boy, I just, that's all I can think about. And I just can't even get stuck on it every moment of the day. It's what I'm thinking on. Blood pressure goes up a little bit. God says that shouldn't be the case for a Christian. Why? Because you should take it to God in prayer. And when you give it over to God, you have a peace in your heart. If you're still worrying about it, you haven't given it to God. You say, well, I prayed about it. Good for you. But have you given it to God? If you're still worried, that's not to say that you won't think about it. Because we consistently pray and pray and pray until God answers. But there is a peace. It's beyond comprehension. No one else can, can understand how in the world you can be at peace in this moment. Well, it's because I've given it to God. Isaiah 26, verse 3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. Perfect peace meaning complete peace, full peace. Perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. You know the verse in Proverbs, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. That's what we're talking about here. Give it all to God. Take it to God in prayer and say, God, this is a concern of mine. This is a worry of mine. God, take it. It's yours solve it, take care of it for me. And when you do that, God says, I'll give you a peace that no one else can understand. Would you turn with me to John chapter 14? It's a really good verse, so I want you to see it as opposed to just hear it. John chapter 14. We'll be right back in Philippians in just a second, but John chapter 14. Look at verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He says peace. This is Christ. He's getting ready to uh, uh, leave the earth here. Uh, his time on earth is just about done. He says peace I leave with you. My peace 
God's peace. Not as the world gives. Have you ever been given peace by the world only to find out that it's not peaceful? Have you ever been told everything will be okay if you'll do this? And the next thing you realize, even though you followed that, that it's not okay? God says, I'm giving you my peace. Not the kind that the world gives you, but my peace. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. It's a peace that no one else can understand. It's a peace beyond comprehension. We should stand confidently knowing that God can take care of anything. And in that confidence comes peace. In that leaning on Christ comes peace. In that dependence on Christ comes peace. Stand fast, number one. Stand together, number two. Stand moderately, number three. Stand confidently, number four. And lastly this morning, stand thoughtfully. Stand thoughtfully. Verse 8, Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Psalm 1-2 says that the blessed man, the happy man, the content man, he, his delight, is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. The classic example, and it's a really good one, is the cow chewing the cud. It's disgusting, but nonetheless, it's true. The cow eats, and it goes into one of its many stomachs, and he regurgitates it, and he eats it again, goes into a stomach and he regurgitates it and he eats it again over and over and over again. That's the idea of meditation. Bringing it back up. That's disgusting. Bringing it back up. Chewing on it a little bit. Swallowing it. Bringing it back up. Chewing on it a little bit. Swallowing it. God's word ought to be in our heart where we're thinking about it. Where we're bringing it back up. And we're thinking on it some more. And we bring it back up and we think on it some more. That's why it's important we read our Bibles daily. It'll help us to be constantly thinking on God's Word over and over and over again. If you watch the news, I, I do not. If you watch the news, may I encourage you, as soon as you're done watching it, read some Scripture. Because even though I don't watch it, so I'm assuming this, there's a lot of bad stuff as far as, uh, not, not wicked stuff, but a lot of uh, just not good news <laughs> that you're hearing on the news. They tell you all the things that went wrong in the day. Some of it's wicked, but uh, they tell you all the stuff that went wrong in the day. Very little good news. And God says the things that are true, it's hard to find truth anywhere other than Scripture today. Things that are true, things that are honest, things that are just. Boy, that's a hard one to find outside of the Bible, too. Things that are pure, clean, right. Things that are lovely, things that are good report. If there be virtue and if there be praise, those are the things that you need to be thinking on. So stand thoughtfully. Thoughtfully on the things that God has told you to think on. 
things that you ought to have in your mind, the things that you ought to be uh, meditating on, the things that you ought to be letting uh, um, invade your mind space, so to say. Think on the things that are just, that are pure, that are honest, that are true, that are good, and that are godly. If you spend your time thinking about the other things, guess what? <laughs> You're not going to stand moderately. If you're like me and you constantly hear rubbish, eventually you can't take it anymore and you've got to say something about it. If I'm thinking on things that are right, things that are godly, things that are good, it'll help me stand moderately. If we take the time to think about each other, about the things that are true and the things that are honest and the things that are pure and the things that are right, it'll be easier to stand together. If our focus is on the things that are godly, it'll be easy to stand fast. It'll sure help us stand confidently. What are you thinking on? In verse 9, he says these things that he just mentioned, which ye have both learned, you've received, you've been taught, you've heard, you've seen in me. Do those things. And the God of peace shall be with you. But we have to stand. Listen, it's not popular to stand. The Bible tells us that even in our standing, we're going to face adversity. That doesn't change the fact that we need to stand. We need to stand fast. We need to stand together. We need to stand moderately. We need to stand confidently and we need to stand thoughtfully. And when we do, as we do, the God of peace will be with us. No matter how chaotic it is around us, it will be peaceful where we're standing. I don't know if you've ever seen this before and we're done. There was a, uh, a time as a kid, it was raining. And... It was like it was raining everywhere except for right where we were walking. And the rain was coming, you know, have you seen this before? You can see the rain coming. And it's like the rain's right there, but where I'm standing, it's dry. I'm not underneath a roof or anything like that. It's, but in this moment, where I am, it appears as though the rain is all around me, but where I'm standing, it's not raining. You see, when we stand where God wants us to be, we stand with the God of peace. He's going to guard us and he's going to protect us. But if you're retreating, if you're running, if you're going backwards, the God of peace isn't there to protect you. He's present, so as soon as you call on him, he's right there. But it's when we stand we can experience the most of God. Lord, I pray that you'd help us. God, I pray that you would give us boldness and give us strength. Lord, today we are talking simply about biblical truth. We're not talking about standing against political opinions. We're not talking about standing against uh, um, uh, things that we don't agree with the way that, that anybody else handles things. We're just simply talking about biblically, standing for truth standing for right, 
standing for what you've told us to stand. God, help us to stand fast. God, help us to stand together. Lord, help us to understand the importance of moderation. Help us to stand moderately, stand confidently, and stand thoughtfully on the things you desire for us to spend our time thinking on. God, we can't do it without your help. But Lord, I also know that we won't do it without our commitment. So Lord, I pray today that we would be committed to stand for you. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I'm going to ask you to stand, please. As the music plays, if God spoke to you about an area in your life that you need to do better at standing, may I encourage you to take it to God. Whether it be standing fast, maybe you've been in that retreat mode or you've been kind of backing off of what God wants you to do, commit today that you're going to stand fast. Maybe it's you're not standing together. Commit to stand together. Maybe it's that idea of moderation, restraint. God says, hey, it's, it's time for you to stand moderately. Would you commit to God that you'll do it? Maybe it's that confidence. Maybe you aren't being careful for nothing. Maybe you are worrying. Maybe there is so much concern in your heart today, it's just, it's overtaking you. And you say, God, today I commit to stand confidently that you have it under control. Maybe it's an issue with your thoughts. You're not thinking on the things that are right, the things that are pure, the things that are true, the things that are honest, the things of virtue and praise, and you're not standing thoughtfully. Today, would you commit, God, I am going to stand thinking on the things that you desire for me to think on. Maybe there's an area that God says you need to improve in your Bible reading, you need to improve in your prayer life, you need to improve in your faithfulness, whatever it is, now is the time, not, not to wait, but now is the time to commit to God. God, with your help, I will stand the way that you want me to stand. I'm going to be quiet as the piano plays. Feel free to come to the front if you'd like. Feel free to stay at your seat. Talk with God and what he's spoken to you about today. Lord, we again thank you for your word and what we can learn from it. And God, I pray that today we would apply the things that you've taught us to our lives. 
God, help us to be what we ought to be. I simply pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to get the food set up. And once everything's set up and ready to go, then we'll pray. So do us a favor. Once whatever you're helping take care of is ready to go, just have a seat. And uh, once everything's ready, we'll pray. And uh, we'll eat. I'm excited about this. It's been a We've had good meals, Katie. You've cooked great meals over the last several months. I'm excited about today. Uh, once, once we're all ready, we'll pray. We'll pray for the food. Let's go ahead and be dismissed.